This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, guys. That is that was BJ Thomas with He's Got It All in Control. You listen to The Breakfast Show, and we have now come to our Encounter with God section. Lawson, what have we got? What number am I? Peter asked the Lord if he was supposed to forgive his brother up to this many times. Mm. Hmm. How many times was Peter worried about forgiving his brother? Well... How many times did he ask Jesus Yeah, whether he should... Okay, we're getting really... I'm like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. This happened yesterday as well. I'm like, oh, I'm so close to saying it, but I'm just not, not going to give well, Jesus, the Well, Jesus answered and replied that he should forgive him 490 times. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. If you know what it is, give us a Which call. was a multiplication of this number. Oh, come on, love. <laughs> 1-800-324-843, and you will get So, what do you multiply to create 490? Stop it. Stop, it. Stop Lyle. <laughs> oh, dear. It does become incredibly hard at this particular point, doesn't it? Lawson, as we came to the end of our uh, Encounter with God section mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. you were mentioning... A number of important points. Yes, that I thought needed to be repeated on the station okay. today. It was off air, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really, really significant to the subject we're studying. So let me give a, a brief recap, and then I want you to launch in. So we're talking about yeah. Daniel chapter one, and in Daniel chapter one, we have uh, the capture of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. And we have, so you've got Babylon versus Jerusalem. Um, you've got this whole theme of you know Babylon being in conflict with Jerusalem, which is a great controversy theme, which you find from one end of the Bible to the other. Then you have this whole situation of uh, Daniel and his friends, and they're basically the last people alive on earth who are followers of God, you know, one or two others, but there's very, very few left who are true followers of God. You have uh, them setting an example um, and, you know, when you've got, you know, like 40,000 Jews who go back to the land of Palestine 70 years later, I would say that it was probably because these guys rose to positions of power and influence. But you have basically God's people are captives in a in Satan's land. Mm. It's really what it comes down to um, and about to be defeated. They have been smashed, beaten, um, destroyed, They've reached the lowest ebb that you can possibly imagine. They've got every reason not to believe in God or to lose their faith and trust in God. And when they are given a very, very small test, just over a bit of food, Mm. but by a psychopathic king who will kill you if you don't like his food um, or could kill you if you don't like his food, they stand firm and they're like, no, we are not going to eat this food. It is unclean food. It is biblically forbidden. That's never changed. We're not going to drink this alcohol because the Bible forbids us from drinking that as well. And they drink water and eat vegetables. And within 10 days, they are physically, visibly healthier than everybody else. Mm. 
you had some thoughts on this, Lawson. I want you to share. Yeah, I, I did. I think one of the things that you, you brought up in, and I just want to, I just want to read this part of the passage and then kind of unpack this. It says, so after that, the attendant, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. The thing that I really wanted to get to with that, the thing that I was thinking, something you brought up, actually, um, you said, oh, well, clearly here, um, you know, God is, you know, is blessing them and there's like a supernatural effect, but, you know, in conjunction with the physical effect yeah, of, that's right. of eating the right thing. And something that I've been thinking about and something we kind of touched on this morning with, with the, the news story that I shared about, you know, how doing good things for others makes you, you know, feel less pain and physically be, be better off. It, it brought me, uh, I, I was thinking about this a lot, like how our... Our actions, um, our our actions, our moral actions have a physical, you know, a physical consequence. Um, and this is because, like, okay, so morality is something that is ab- abstract. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you can't touch. Morality, it's it's a thought process. Um, and you know, being that it's something. Um, being that it's something that's abstract, it, you know, it can only really have an effect on, um, as we know, you know, this world where we have like morality versus sin and, and, and whatnot, like that stuff has an effect on, on the supernatural. And, and, um, but then I was thinking about it, like, because sin, which is the absence of like, you know, God's morality, um, mm-hmm. cause, leads us to death. So therefore, um, the moral decisions which we make like very much have a supernatural effect on us. Um, and, and what that like led me to is like in this act of Daniel, um, Daniel and his friends choosing to, you know, stand up for God's morality, choosing to stand up for, for God's way, mo- making the moral decision that, oh, hey, I'm not going to eat this food because it's against my you know, it's it's against my religion. Not only were they blessed because you know vegetables and water was so much healthier, as we talked about yesterday. You know, a brick wrapped in lead, um, so much more healthier than the the heavy meat and the alcoholic wine that they were going to drink. But this, for sure, would have just had an inherent effect on them because they were making the correct moral decision. They're making the, absolutely, which gave them the ability now, like because we've come to the understanding as Christians that, you know, we are, we are inherently supernatural. The breath of life is something that is supernatural, that we are autonomous in a way that we exist and we have life. This is something that is supernatural. So that decision to eat like the correct food, which is a moral decision, would have an effect on us physically. Does that make sense? It Uh, does. uh, It absolutely does. And even from a very practical perspective, you think about this, how well do you sleep when you have an immoral act that is weighing on your conscience Mm. versus when you have a clear conscience? You know, we we all know that a person with a clear conscience sleeps better at night and a person who has a... uh, um, an unclear conscience, they toss and turn and mm. feel horrible, you know, all night long. Yeah. So, yeah, to me, it's it's a psych, it's a psychological thing, but it is very wrapped up in, you know, that we do live in a world that is governed by morals. You know, uh, we talk, actually, when we talked about veganism earlier and this idea that, oh, nature sorts itself out, you know, leave it up to, up to Mother Nature and, and it'll run its course. It's like, no, like we live in a world with, with 
moral limitations in which we're we're given a role and purpose to to I guess abide with that and 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 things run their course as we make correct moral action rather than just sitting there and doing nothing and so what daniel and his friends have done here is they've made correct moral action they've made an action that you know based on moral conviction and they've been blessed you know not only in the way that they're healthier because of the good food that they ate not only in the way that um you know god would have a supernatural blessing you know on them that you know god works out situations for good and whatnot but i think also like the correct decision that they've made has just had such a large effect on themselves anyway because they've made because they've made a good decision and and this is kind of like we're talking about veganism before and and a lot of people like you know ask the question especially i've been hanging out a lot i've had the privilege of hanging out a lot with some of my friends that um you know i was friends with before i was a christian um and and you know they ask the question like oh why 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 did you become vegan? And there's a number of answers to that question. Of course, there's the, like the health aspect. And I've been very blessed that in my time being a vegan, like I've, you know, lost a bunch of weight and I'm doing a lot better in terms of my health. Um, you know, but a, a large part of that. And, and, and Sprite is vegan food, right? <laughs> yeah. I was a little bit out earlier about how, like, I just, oh, I just love Sprite so much. It's just, like, my favorite drink. Like, I don't drink caffeine anymore, but I just, like, oh, Sprite. I just have this constant hankering for Sprite. But, um, but you know, a big thing for me going vegan was actually, like, I could tell in it of myself when I made the decision to, like, you know, disrespect my body in the way of like, you know, eating lots of unhealthy junk food just because I was like appeasing my senses, that would lead me to just be so much weaker against temptation, to be so much weaker mentally, um, to just be in a place where I was like, I was just not functioning 100%. And that's not only because the food was unhealthy, but because like I had made an immoral decision and it was having an effect on me physically. Mm, and so, yeah. I, like, since I've made that decision to go vegan, I can tell 100% that, yeah, God has, of course, like, God has been blessing me and my health is better, but I am doing so much better and I'm so much clearer and I feel so much closer to God because I'm making a correct moral action. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so this whole Bible study really does focus in many ways on what these guys were eating. Mm. And out of the eight laws of health, you find the Bible says a lot more about this one law of health, which has to do with eating and nutrition than anything else. Mm. Sometimes I wonder, why does the Bible have more to say on this subject than any other health-based subject? And I think the answer is fairly simple, and that is that most of us are busily you know, digging our graves with our teeth. Mm-hmm. And it is the area in which, you know, Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. Mm. They were enticed by appetite, you know, try something new, try something forbidden. And as human beings, we always like to try something new and something forbidden. If you ever notice that the wealthier people become, the grosser the things that they are that they eat. Um, it's just, you know, kind of how our world goes for some perverse reason and is a... Yeah, it's just a, a, a testimony in many ways of uh, human nature. Yeah, and the way human nature is fully and like 
I, f- I just feel so much like the conviction. And this is a very recent thing to me. Like up until this point, I kind of came to the conclusion. Like I was like, oh, yeah, because I had been vegetarian and vegan and done a few stints of that. But then I, I just went back to like eating meat and I wasn't eating anything necessarily unclean. Um, but I definitely wasn't Un-biblical. eating. Unbiblical. And, and so like I justified myself and I was like, oh, yeah, like I don't eat unclean meat. I'm sweet. I'm chilling. Um, but I was eating like like very unhealthily mm-hmm. and simply like that is that is a hundred percent like you know not god's ideal for us this is something that is worth considering also when a person flips over from being uh you know mediated to vegetarian or vegan for those of it who who do it for health reasons and that's what i really support here that's what we mm. support uh, on the breakfast show is a plant-based diet for health reasons not for ethical reasons. Hmm. Um, and if you do it for ethical reasons, it's going to be good for your health. And when, no judgment there on our behalf, but, you know, I do have an issue with um, ethical vegans who then, you know, become a pain in the neck and protest and hmm. destroy people's livelihoods and so forth. Um, oh, as, as does any person in their right mind, vegetarian, vegan, like, yeah. you know, it was, it was such an interesting experience for me, like going out to, going out to the farms and all the drought affected areas and like having conversations with people and saying like, oh, I'm a vegan. And then it's, the shock horror looks at our again. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not a, ta- I'm not a farm terrorist. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, no, I, I am a, I'm a health vegan. And that's not to say like that we don't care about animals here. No, not at all. Like, we yeah, absolutely not at all. They're God's creation, and they should be dealt with. And, and I and I find this challenging when I'm talking to people because, like, yeah, I'm not a vegan for for um because I'm an animal lover. Yeah, and they're like, oh, so what, if you're not an animal lover, what are you? An animal hater? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like the opposite. <laughs> you just. <laughs> well, I think it's like animal. It sounds really bad whenever you say it. But that's the thing is that animal lover is like a colloquial term of a group of people who have taken their love for animal rights to an illogical extreme. Yes. That, or to an unbiblical extreme. An unbiblical extreme. It's, it, it is a logical extreme if you are an evolutionist. Mm. Because if you are an evolutionist, no animal has any greater um, or lesser value than any other animal that is out there. Everything is on the same um you know, on the same level. So, you know, for instance, the guy who invented the whole concept of veganism, he, he stated, this is uh, Peter Singer, um, back in 1989, he says, it's a clear instance of the sacrifice of the most important interests of other beings in order to satisfy trivial interests of our own. To avoid speciesism, we must stop this practice, the practice of eating meat, and each of us has a moral obligation to cease supporting this practice. Um, Singer put animal diets on a par with slavery, asking, if we do not change our dietary habits, how can we censure those slaveholders who would not change their own way of living? Mm. And so he's putting animals on exactly the same level as human beings, and the Bible doesn't do that. Mm. And, of course, this is where um, ethical veganism you know, ends up being foolish. Mm. Um, and the Bible sp- speaks about you know, those thinking themselves wise became fools. Now, there's nothing wrong with being an animal lover and choosing to be a vegan because you're an animal lover, but from a biblical perspective, mm. we choose to do so for health reasons, which has a direct impact on our morality. Yes. On our, on because our... when you are making good decisions about your health, it will follow that you'll make good decisions about your morality and vice versa. Fully. The two are linked together. You can't separate spirituality and health. 
and this is like where Paul's really coming at, where he's like, in whatever you do, whether it be eating or drinking or, or whatever, do all to the glory of God. We have a responsibility and an obligation that in whatever we're doing, like we do it to the glory of God. And now it's, it's like, okay, then how do we recognize it? Like, how do we reconcile that, that veganism and vegetarianism is, is a suggestion, but you're allowed to eat meat. And it's like, well, you do the best that you can. You recognize that you're a, a human being that's valued by God. And if you're valued by God, well, then your health is also valued by God. Like God's like, I want you to be healthy to live a better life. And it's like, okay, what can I eat to live a better life? Because I, I actually, I know someone um, who basically, if they went vegan, they have like a, a number of autoimmune diseases that like, you know, where they're in like a need of like high amounts of protein and, and, and B12 and stuff. And if they went vegan, it would like, they would just about drop dead. Like that, that that's not an option for them. But so in that they're like worshiping, like, but they still eat like clean meat. And so like, they're doing exactly what God's commanding them. They're, they're, and I love what, uh, John says in third John chapter one and in verse two, where he says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. This person is recognized. Like if I die from being vegan, like my soul is not prospering. Yeah, absolutely. I am not in good health. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they've made the decision to do all to the glory of God and say, okay, I'm going to eat these animal products because that's the only way I'm going to stay alive and be a witness for, for God and for God. And this is the biblical principle. Is the biblical principle is a principle of good health, mm. and that's why we don't oppose things like animal testing to create life-saving drugs mm. because it's all about saving life. Mm. Uh, we don't see ourselves as being on the same level as every other animal that is out there because God did create different levels, and mm. angels are a high level to us, and animals are a lower level to us, and insects are a lower level again. That's what the Bible, you know, the Bible teaches that, um, and. But yeah, this whole issue, you know, if we come back to the story of Daniel, you've got him making here, you know, wise decisions in relationship to what he eats. We probably should also at some point look at, and I might be changing the subject here, unintentionally sort of mid-Bible study. I'm keen. All right. But we also should look at, you know, why was it that Daniel knew that his lifestyle and why okay so there's a couple of questions here why did he know that the king's food was inappropriate and why did he choose to become a vegetarian mm. because there's no command anywhere in scripture to become a vegetarian mm. and to understand that we probably should look at a few different passages of scripture just to see what the bible says mm. about what we should eat and how we should eat let's begin in genesis chapter 1 genesis chapter 1 and the great thing is for all of you who are meat eaters uh, that you will all w- one day be like Lawson and I in that you will be vegetarians because <laughs> in heaven there is no death. I actually... You're not going to be walking around in heaven like, ooh, you know, there's a nice cow. Go and cut its head off, spurt its blood everywhere, butcher it in the paddock. You know, But it's going to be like... Oh, maybe I Skeletons and skulls but it's basically laying around in heaven. Like this idea of like... Oh, I, I I spoke to someone recently who said to me like, oh yeah, animals were created to be food. Like that is that is like their their purpose, and so it makes sense that in heaven, like when they die, it's not technically death because they were created to be food. I'm like, I was listening to that. I'm like, well, that is so. Some- spoke somebody who's never butchered an animal. Yeah, <laughs> true. Like, 
you know, seriously, never, never, never um, shot an animal, killed an animal, butchered an animal, whatever. Simply, death is death. Death is an enemy, the Bible says. And death will not exist in heaven. And and that shows us so clearly, like, animals' purpose, yeah, they've been repurposed, that we have the ability to eat them because of the world we live in, but their purpose is not to die, to be eaten. But let's read it in Genesis. Genesis 1, verse 29, uh, just in case you're confused on this subject. The Bible says, Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant um, throughout the earth and all the fruit of the trees for your food. Okay, so what does uh, what does God outline for food right here? It's like trees and plants and stuff. Yep. And if you go to chapter three, mm-hmm. um, and verse eighteen, chapter God th- speaking to Adam here. Chapter three and verse eighteen, the Bible says, "It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains." Okay, he's talking about the ground here, the dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, it will produce thorns and thistles, but you will eat of its grains, your mm. its vegetables and so forth. And so this is the original diet. In fact, flesh was not introduced to the human diet until 1,700 years later. Mm. And humans didn't do such a bad job on living on a plant-based diet because if you read about the lifespan of human beings before the flood, they were living, you know, up to pushing a 1,000 years old. And so you can live a long time on a plant-based diet. Seeking out permission from the chief who thought it odd He said I could lose my head but Daniel said then you can watch me And he asked for ten days with only veggies on his plate Trial soon over and they made evaluation Daniel and his band would represent the Hebrew nation Judges all agreed they made a finer presentation They were handsomer and smarter than the other boys at school Think about the story now and let it be a learning You think rejection's coming yet it's true respect you're earning But ultimately favor of our God the greatest yearning And hearing his well done who really cares about what's cool Daniel I serve God in Babylon. Daniel, Daniel, you fool. We serve God in Babylon. Daniel, Daniel, what's cool? I serve God. serve God in Babylon. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Faith FM. That was the Lesser Light Collective with the boys in Babylon and Lawson. Nobody snapped up this quiz yet. No. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting, if I'll be honest, I'm, I'm getting a little bit disappointed. I'm like, come on, guys. 
Yeah. There's a free prize waiting right here for you. You just have to answer. Okay. What number am I? John was commanded to write letters to this number of churches in Revelation. Okay. If you know who that is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. And you will be immensely blessed with an awesome prize. All right, Lyle, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, why it was that Daniel chose to eat what he chose mm. to eat. 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 Eat what he chose to eat. What he chose to eat. So if we go back to uh, the Genesis account, mm. the very first time that animals are given to human beings as food is mentioned in Genesis chapter 7, which is at the time of the flood. And, of mm. course, God is giving animals to human beings as food at this particular time because God is about to destroy all vegetation mm. on the planet. Um, and so there's going to be a, a limited amount of vegetation Human beings are going to have to diversify their diet to be able to stay alive. Mm. And God is a practical God, and human beings are able to digest flesh. They're not designed to digest flesh. You, you are not born with the ability to digest flesh. It is something that you have, it's an ability that you have to adapt to. We do not have the mouth of a carnivore. We do not have the teeth of a carnivore. We do not have the digestive tract of a carnivore. Human beings are herbivores. Mm. However, there are many herbivores around there who can live as carnivores, mm. uh, including cows. Cows are often fed you know, pellets, meat pellets. And, of course, that's where we ended up getting mad cow disease and these kind of things from. So it, <laughs> it never works out well for you know, cows when they move away from their standard diet. Neither does it work well for human beings because you will live longer, healthier, and happier if you are on a plant-based diet. Probably less than half maybe only a quarter of Seventh-day Adventists, probably, I don't, I don't even know, in Western countries live on a plant-based diet, mm. and yet we still average 10 <clears throat> to 15 years longer lifespan than the rest of the population. That is like, okay, this is the sickest thing. Like, whenever anyone questions me, like, about why I'm a vegetarian. I actually had an amazing conversation the other day. I was like at a restaurant with my friends and I was leaving. I got into a conversation with this old lady who was like a naturopath from Tamworth. It was a really cool witnessing opportunity actually. And um, But she's like a vegetarian. She's become vegetarian because she's like, you know, chasing... She's a naturopath. She you know, knows about this stuff. Yeah. So she's like, she's also a, a remedial massage therapist and she she's working with all these clients. She was telling me like, yeah, through this this remedial massage that I do and, and whatnot, all of these clients I have are like living into their hundreds and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, have you heard of a book called The Blue Zones? And she's like, no, what's that? And I'm like, oh, all the places on earth where people live like over 100 years old. And she's like, oh, yeah, the one in like t Tibet and Okinawa and everything. And I'm like, did you know that there's one in California? She's like, no, why? How is that even possible? I'm like, uh -huh. because everyone there is Christian and vegan. <laughs> and so they all live over 100, like in the heart. Yeah, well, it might be a bit of an exaggeration, yeah. but lots of people there are Christian and and, um, vegetarian at least and vegetarian at least and, and I was okay that might have been a bit of an exaggeration but that's like a huge point is because I was talking yeah. to her like oh what, what's the biggest thing that allows these people to live longer it's like you know it's simultaneously you know making good health decisions but it's also you know helping them find their purpose in life and helping them see that yeah that you know they're valuable and everything I'm like you've got a group of people in Loma Linda California who like you know 
know that Lumberland, their value, which has a large population of Adventists. Of Adventists, and it's like, well, they all like you know, are Christian. And so they have, you know, the whole purpose and, and drive for life and everything like that box is checked and then good health. They're all vegans. Like that box is checked. And they then have they community because they go to church. That box is checked. Oh, they just like they have social connectedness. That box is checked. And it's like, you know, when, when you, it's so just clear to see, like you find a group of people who are living like clearly by the dictates of the Bible. And it's like, Oh, well they're living longer and happier than, like more than anywhere else on the earth. So it's, oh, and it's just because of what the Bible says. Like it's biblical counsel that we should follow. So yeah, definitely. Especially because like when meat was introduced, we see the dramatic in just in the Bible, like the dramatic decline of the lifespan of man. Like it says here in chapter seven, it says Noah was 600 years old when he got into the ark. And then after this, we see that, um, you know, people are living less and less and less, um, of an extended life. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's gnarly stuff, but uh, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to go too hard. Cause I'm like, now I start sounding like I'm just like pushing a, a wheelbarrow. Um, actually <laughs> I've preached on this subject at church recently. I preached about Daniel and about, you know, and it's about that whole thing of making, you know, good moral decisions and whatnot and, and how we're valued by God. And I've made the express point. I was like, look guys, this sermon isn't necessarily about veganism. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to push a wheelbarrow here. This is about doing what God has commanded you to do. And this is very much, I guess, the summary of, of Daniel's experience is like he was called, you know, he was given light that, hey, in this situation, like you need to eat vegetables and water to have good health, to become the person who you called to be, who you're called to become by God. And he does so. And he's so incredibly blessed and he becomes a valuable tool to God. We talked about this yesterday, you know, how I love uh, you, you use the example of how Daniel and his four friends, they're God's foothold in, in the universe. I like, I've been watching a lot of rock climbing videos recently. And, um, there's this whole, uh, there's this particular hold that where they do where they suspend their whole body on one finger. They get their index finger and they put it in a crack yeah, that's crazy. And they have the ability to suspend their whole body weight on 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 just their index finger. Of course, you need to do an immense amount of strength training and have incredible technique to do so. But that's how I like to see this story. This is this is God's finger, you know, index finger hold on the universe. He's hanging by a finger. You know, the weight of the great controversy and the you know the outcome of humanity is really just weighing on a bunch of people just following the counsel that God has given them. And they do, and God is successful. And as we talked about yesterday, you know, Daniel is converted. Then the king of Babylon becomes converted. And, you know, I love how Daniel chapter 1 concludes where it's like, you know, it talks about Daniel in particular. It talks about, you know, how he was able to to eat this food and be smarter than everyone else. And the kind of run-on idea from that is like then it closes the chapter by saying, and because of this... Daniel was able to be the prime minister not only of Babylon, but when Cyrus the Persian came, you know, some 50, 60 years later, he was also the prime minister of Persia as well. Like, he was so good at his job at being the prime minister of Babylon that the invading force um, acquired him, employed him to be their prime minister as well. And so it's, and like that all started, the point that it's making is Daniel just following the light of having good health 
that he was given as a 16-year-old kid. Like It all starts right there. It all starts right there. And now, is that everyone's journey? Is everyone like, oh, if you become a vegan, you know, that's like... That's You're going to become prime minister? Prime minister. No. Now we know why you become vegan, Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> my my secret goals, you know, in Dictator politics. Dictator of Australia. <laughs> the Lawson Walters. Lawson Walters. Oh, man. Okay, that's kind of gnarly. I don't want, I don't want to go down that, <laughs> that, that mental road. Uh, but... Oh, like what I do know though is that we are just so clearly called to just follow the counsel that God has given us, and clearly His counsel for our time is to be in good health. Absolutely, Man, no Jesus question about is coming that. soon. He like, is indeed. Let's do it. And Daniel said us a great example right here, and of course Daniel chose to be a vegetarian because he never kind of knew what they were cooking up in Babylon. But if just ate vegetables, he knew he'd always be free from eating something that mm. would defile his conscience and also defile his body. This is Dare to Be a Daniel. Once there was a mighty king who made a great decree. He said, All must bow before me, all the lions
Can you survive in the bush? Are you in touch with the God of nature? Are you learning the skills you need for a successful life? Grafton Pathfinder Club can help. With a Christian foundation, our Pathfinders enjoy camping out in the most amazing locations. Paddle a canoe, hike up a mountain, abseil down a cliff, tie knots and lashings, follow a map to the treasure, use your survival skills in the bush, earn some honours from a large list of pursuits, make friends that you'll keep for a lifetime. Our hall meetings in South Grafton are on the first Saturday of each month from 2pm to 4pm. We're inviting young children aged between 10 and 16 to join us on our next adventure. Send us an email now at graftonpathfinders at gmail.com or find us on Facebook under Grafton Pathfinder Club. We're empowering youth for a resilient future. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving, a program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness. A relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Morning, blackbird has spoken 
like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for them springing fresh from the world. Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come to the time of question of the day. But before we do, we would be doing another clue for the quiz. But it has been snapped up. Shout out Andrew from NORAD. He's, he's snapped up the clue. Of course, the answer was seven. And um, yeah, dude, awesome. He, he, he called us and he told us that he's currently um, ki- feeding the cattle while listening on the app. So yeah, that would actually be a good time to remind you we have a Faith FM app. It's really awesome. You should use it to listen to our show because digital radio is the best um but now lyle question of the day question of the day are you ready i am ready okay this is a question that that i actually had um is proverbs 26 and specifically like verses the kind of passage of like 15 to 19 but 18 and 19 specifically is that saying that it is wrong to make a joke absolutely as christians you should never laugh ever mm-hmm. it's wrong Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay, so let's read what the Bible says here. Uh, verse 17, he that passes by and meddles with strife that does not belong to him is like somebody who takes a dog by the ears. If you grab a dog and grab him by the ears, he's not going to be happy and he's likely to bite you. Mm. And that's what happens if you meddle in somebody else's strife. Continues on, as a madman who casts firebrands and arrows and death. So also, so this person also is just as bad as the person who does that, is the man that deceives his neighbor and says, am I not joking? Mm. Okay, so here's a couple of important points that we need to consider here. First of all, when it comes to practical jokes, it's only funny if it's funny for both people. I think that's a really important uh, principle (laughs) um, to live by. Mm. That's a a wiseism from... Lyle, that Lyle quoted from somewhere that he doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but the Bible is not against jokes, and the Bible is not ha- against having a good time, and the Bible is not against having fun and enjoying life. The Bible is all for that. Yes. And that's why we have a good time here on Faith FM in the morning. And so let me read to you another passage from exactly the same author that gives balance to the one that we just read. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And here Solomon says, It is good for people to eat and drink and to enjoy their work under the sun during the life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. Is be satisfied, eat and drink and enjoy your life. Mm. He's not saying, you know, go around and be serious all the time and never crack a joke. That is not what Solomon is saying. He's saying, no, you need to get out and live life and enjoy it. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to Mm. enjoy your work and to accept your lot, lot in life. This indeed is a gift from God. You know, God has not held us back from enjoying all the good things in life, and He has filled our earth with just the most amazing, you know, things that we can go out and enjoy and have a good time and relax and spend time in other people's company, whatever it might be. Um, He says, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life, they have no time to brood over the past. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18 through 
20. And a really important passage that is because, you know, somebody who broods over the past, you've come across some people who are just super negative all the time, mm. and they're always thinking about the past, and they're always passing negative comments. And God's like, don't be like that. Mm. Get out there and eat your food, you know, eat and drink and be happy and enjoy what God has uh, given to you. Um, accept your lot in life, yeah, because some people are going to be poor and some people are going to be wealthy. Uh, but the wealthiest person is the person who is satisfied. You cannot gain more wealth than satisfaction. That is impossible. That is yeah, actually wow. literally impossibility. And so, and we've got many. You know, the Bible is full of places where God tells people to enjoy themselves and to enjoy the life that God has given to them. And so, no, the answer is not that you can't joke and have fun but you cannot joke at somebody else's expense. Mm. That is the issue. And sometimes our jokes go a little bit too far and they come across at somebody else's expense. That's the the real key word there in verse 19 where it says, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor. It's like deceiving is like, you know, with a negative intent, you know, leading someone to believe something that's not true with a negative intent. Yeah, and you know what? Even when you deceive your neighbor, your friend, whoever, sometimes, and I know I've caught myself out doing this, uh, to have a joke and to joke around and see what you can get away with and then, you know, come back and say, oh, you didn't pick that. Sometimes it it just doesn't go so well. And you feel super terrible. Another (laughs) word to the wise, don't go down this path with your wife or spouse or partner. can create a disaster. (laughs) Anyway, this is Linda Shop. Sometimes this crazy world can make us all feel bad. I sit and watch the news and just get sad. We need to stop and smell the roses in the ground. Get out today, spread a little love around. Talk to a neighbor. Volunteer a favor Help out a stranger when his cars broke down Give your wife a kissin' When your kids talk, listen It makes a lovely sound Spread a little love around You know it don't take much to Somebody's day A kind word, a tender touch Goes a long way We can change the whole world If we start in our hometown Get out today Spread a little love around Tell your mom you love her Bear hug your brother Treat your sister to a night out on the town Throw the ball for Rover, wrestle in the clover, put a smile on that old hound, spread a little love around. It's fine and dandy, take along old granny, dance with the kids and act just like a Kiss and hug. Everybody needs that stuff. Turn a frown upside down. Spread a little love around. When this world gets you down, spread God's love around. 
That was Linda Shelton with Spread a Little Love Around. You're listening to Faith, The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. And we've come to the end of the show, which means we are about to give something away, which means that Lawson is busily filing through the giveaway file box, whatever he's got here. I'm on the website. Deciding what he is going to give to you today as a free giveaway. And so get ready to give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or get ready to text us on 0491-064-669 because this will go to the very first caller. Mm, okay, so I was thinking, like, we were, we were talking a lot, although we were talking a lot about health, and we gave away a health book yesterday. Indeed. We are also talking a lot about philosophy today, I felt like. We did. We talked oh, yeah, a lot heaps about of philosophy. philosophy, morality, all uh-huh. these kinds of things, and, and I think we ultimately came to a conclusion that we should centre our philosophy and morality, you know, in God and, That's and right. His will On for our life. Right there. And so, and, and, be, and when we do that, like, God will bless us and we'll be like someone like Daniel you know, who's just doing amazing things. The book I wanted to give away was a book by Clifford Goldstein called Life Without Limits. Okay, so this guy's a serious philosopher. Yeah. He's like he's so much fun. He's a fun philosopher. Mm. He, saw, he came to Big Camp last year because uh-huh. he, he grew up like a secular Jewry guy. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up? He's just got the best accent and the way <laughs> he that does, he speaks. It. And it's like just so good. But the subtitle of this book, it's Powerful Truths for Your Journey. And, you know, this is an incredible book to just really center yourself with God and to bring out and highlight some of the things in the Bible. So, yeah, give us a call and you will win it. This is Faith of Pam. Thirsty, I'm thirsty for you. In a dry land with no drink, I need you. know you made a home inside this heart of stone so turn it into flesh spirit soften it I give you all I have I'm holding nothing back Jesus I am yours Jesus, I am yours. Take over, love of my soul. Take control.
spirit softening I give you all I have I'm holding nothing back Jesus, I am yours Jesus, I am yours